Last talk of the month. Our, our theme for September was spiritual stewards of the planet. Remember, the, the themes are always matching the themes of the Science Mind magazine, so pick up a copy for this upcoming month. Anyway, last week we discussed spiritual law, which was the most boring talk you've ever heard. I know. I know, I know. <laughs> I know but it's followed up this week by end order. See that spiritual law and order? Get it? Okay. <sighs> now, it is said that... Um, Order is the first law of heaven. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, the secret of all progress is getting into right relationship with the universal, in tune with the infinite, in tune with infinite order is harmony. Contacting infinite intelligence, accepting the underlying laws of creation, and moving in its mighty rhythm is harmony. Such harmony adjusts our affairs and enriches our lives. So that's what we're talking about. You know, and it's good to go over the basics every once in a while, even if it's boring. <laughs> Get those laws ready. Re you know, there you go. Law and order. I got it. Yes. Dun dun. And, and it, it really is good to go over the basics every once in a while. But anyway, but the big picture is, really, what are we going to do with our lives? I mean, that's, that's really what this is about, isn't it? Our, what is our deepest desire, and how do we get from here to there, wherever there is, right? And that's why it's good to go over the basics every now and then, to remember who we are and to remember how things work. And, and when it comes to spiritual philosophy, this one is mine. You know, this is why I'm here. The science of mind and spirit complements my personal cosmology, what I believe to be true about myself and my place in the universe. And I suspect that's why you're here as well, that this spiritual philosophy it resonates within you as truth. And, and, and that's why we come to a spiritual uh, philosophy at all anyway, isn't it? That's why we're drawn to whatever spiritual philosophy we're drawn to, to come to an understanding about ourselves. And so what I know is that some people come feeling broken. They come to a spiritual group, a spiritual community, um, kind of desperate, feeling broken or feeling uh, damaged, feeling desperate to be fixed for something, some belief, to fix them or fix their lives. And you know, the thing is, we're not in the business of fixing people, right? You know that. We're not in the business of fixing people. We are not a triage. <laughs> Patching people up and then sending them back into life, you know, only to return rewounded. That's not what we do. You don't see a revolving door in front of vision, right? No such thing. We are here to provide spiritual principles that are truth and spiritual tools that work so that your life is transformed. Your life is transformed. Nobody's broken. Nobody ever was. Nobody's defective. Nobody's damaged. God doesn't make junk. It doesn't happen. Each one of us is perfect, whole, and complete. 
We are, we are an outpicturing of the divine wisdom of the universe that created everything. I think the divine knows how to make a perfect you. Right? So instead of patching people up and sending them out on their way, that's treating the symptoms, yes? That would just be treating the symptoms. What we do here is we reveal truth. We explore spiritual principles that work all the time the same way for anyone and everyone. We provide spiritual tools to enable people to transform their own lives. We know healing is not only possible, but healing is our birthright. Thank you. Absolutely. Healing is our birthright. Ernest Holmes said this, in the Holmes Reader on Practical Wisdom, it's a little tiny book, it's real cute. He said, to the extent that we know that God as, perf as life is perfect, whole, and complete, to the extent that we can accept mentally the perfection of the one life as our life, then to that extent we will be able to enjoy the health which is our birthright. So, there it is. Healing is ours by this divine right. We are in this particular philosophy to know these truths and to demonstrate these principles and to live a fully self-actualized life of spirit in form. That's what we're doing all together here every Sunday. Did you know that? That's what we do, right? We're not supposed to just be patching up the symptoms, right, and sending people out and staying stuck in our story. That's not what we're here to do. That's kingdom one consciousness, isn't it? Right? Kingdom one consciousness is the consciousness of the victim. We stay stuck in our story. We cannot heal it because we're not letting go of it. Can't heal it if we won't let go of the very narrative that we keep telling over and over again that causes the condition. We just keep telling the same old story to every person we meet. Have you ever done that? Am I the only one that does that? Okay, I'm sorry. Carolyn Mace used to say, we lead with our wounds. You know, hi, how do you do? I'm alcoholic. Hi, how do you do? I was abused as a child. You know, blah, blah, blah. We lead with our wounds until we heal them. Until we heal them. What was it? Mm. Paul, I think you've said it right. What, 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 what oh, sorry, I'm pointing you out. What are the three things that smell bad after three days, right? Fish, uninvited house guests, and your story. <laughs> We get stuck in that loop of telling it over and over and over and over and over how we got broken, who broke us, how we suffered, who was the bad guy. It's never us, by the way. I know that one. It's always the other guy, right? The retelling of the story becomes its own payoff. Mm, think about that for a minute. The retelling of your story becomes the payoff. Because why? Because we get special attention, right? Ah. Uh, you know, you know, your friend Karen. Who, wait, Karen who? No, I don't know Karen. You know, Karen with the knee. Oh, yeah, that Karen, right? That's how we identify, right? Right, okay, you know that because the story's been retold so many times, that's how you know the person after a while, you know? Because they get special attention for retelling the story or we don't have to take responsibility or we get special dispensation or we get out of having to do things because of your story. But that same story is the thing that keeps you stuck. The thing that I, you identify with, the thing that, you, that you're known by is the same thing that keeps you stuck. 
It's sort of like, you know, it's like your own little private Satan. You know, it's like, it's not your fault. The devil made me do it, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. They, they had that for years and years. It's not my fault. The devil made me do it. I had nothing to do with it. This happened to me. I'm the victim. But here's the thing. You cannot start living your new story until you let go of your old story. Thank you. That's it. If you are stuck in your old story, okay, we'll use the analogy of the, of the hero's journey, right? If you are stuck in your old story, you are in the netherworld, right? The hero's journey. You know how he always goes to hell somewhere, somehow? Okay, when you're in your old story, that's where you are. You're stuck in hell. You are in the hell of your own story, and you're stuck there in hell. You have not yet. If you're going to keep telling the story all the time, that's where, you, that's where you end up, right? You never complete it because you never heal. So you're stuck in hell. You're stuck there. You haven't slain the dragon yet. You haven't, you know, <laughs> you didn't get the pearl of great price yet. You didn't roll the D20. Any, oh, nerds. Okay, we've got nerds. Good, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's, it's a D&D &D reference. Okay, so you're, you can't leave where you are. You're stuck there. You can't return transformed if you're going to stay in hell in the middle of the story. You didn't get all the way through. You're stuck in the middle of the story by telling the story over and over and over again. And here's the interesting part about that. The interesting part about that is the farther out you are from the actual wounding, from the event or, or events, which could have been years ago, the person that went through that, that person doesn't even exist anymore. That person doesn't even exist anymore. You are not the same person that went through whatever it was that you went through. The person in the story you keep retelling doesn't even exist. So instead of retelling the same old story and then having to stay stuck in the consequences of retelling the same old story, what is ours to do? How do we break free from that? How do we transform? Because that's what we're here to do, yes, transform. We're not going to stick a Band-Aid on your wound and send you back out. We're not going to just treat the symptoms. Ernest Holmes in Think Your Troubles Away said this. He said, the universe is not only a spiritual system, it is an orderly system. We are living under a government of law always. Whether we deal with the mind, the body, or the spirit, whether we are dealing with physics or metaphysics, we are dealing with spiritual principles here, and they work all the time. And if healing is our birthright, like we said it is, if spiritual principles are truth, which we said they were, and spiritual laws create order, which we say that it does, how do we move in the direction of our healing? How do we do that? Little penguin steps. I know that's what Jacob Glass always used to say. Little penguin steps. Well, the first thing you have to do when you're walking through hell is continue walking. Continue walking. Oh, you know, please continue. We have these voices inside of us, yes? We have the inner critic. We have the inner cheerleader. Yay, I love her. <laughs> the inner critic keeps us stuck. The inner cheerleader motivates us to move on, to create a better now. So when we're in the netherworld, when we're in that hell part of our story, when we're in the stuck place, do not pitch a tent there. 
Do not build a condo. Do not buy a house. Don't stay. You have to follow the story until you get to the end. You have to get to the end of it. The first way to do that is to take responsibility for where you are. I'm not saying take the blame. I'm not saying blame yourself for where you are, but take responsibility for where you are. Take responsibility for where you are in the story at that moment. Right? Just accept that responsibility for where you are in it. I'm right here, right now. Then you can move forward. Then you can move forward. When we take responsibility for where we are, we can transform it, yes? That's that old, you know that old saying about what you resist persists? Well, the end of that saying is what you resist persists, what you accept you can transform. And that's what we're, we're doing when we're in our story. It's like we've got to get to the end of that chapter. For goodness sakes, we're the ones writing it. So we take responsibility for where we are. We can derive meaning from the experience we had. We can derive meaning from it, perhaps find the gift in it. And I know sometimes that's so difficult. And you know, but what I know is that no, no event shows up in our lives or no condition shows up in our lives without having a gift in its hand. That there is always, always something we gain from any experience we have. We may not know what it is. We may not know what it is for years. Sometimes over time, though, we, we, we gain from having had that experience. And, and we may not know what it is. So, so the responsibility is to keep going. Keep walking. Don't plant yourself in hell. Right? Keep going. And, and keep having the inner dialogue. Right? We have to have the inner dialogue to figure out exactly where it is we are going. There is no escape from the move your feet part of this philosophy. There is a practical step for us to take. We're not just going to sit there in hell and go, la, 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 you know. What is that, the, the old metaphysician in hell, right? I'm not here and it's not hot, la, 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 you know. <laughs> There's something practical for us to do. Ernest Holmes said this is a practical philosophy. This is a practical, it says it right up there on the banner, doesn't it? Practical spirituality. There are things for us to do. The inner work is part of it. The inner work is a movement as well as the physical moving your feet and get out of hell part, right? It's doing that inner work. So, so the first thing you need to do is understand that, that, that inner critic, Right? Remember I said we have an inner critic, we have an inner cheerleader? To understand the inner critic, the voice that holds you in hell, because that's really that inner critic. That's what the inner critic is doing. You deserve to be here. <laughs> You're just not good enough for anything else. You know, that inner critic that will, will hold you in hell. It's the voice that keeps you stuck in the middle of your story, never ever getting to the end to start the next chapter. You have to ask it this question. Well, you have to ask it a series of questions. In fact, let's do that. Close your eyes. Let's just, let's just go in and ask the questions because you know you have that inner critic in there. So just let's take a couple of breaths and settle in and just kind of listen for that. And the first question is, what does the inner critic sound like? What does that inner critic sound like? Whose voice is it? 
So while you're listening, and you're identifying that, that voice. Who's, whose voice is it? It may be a relative. It may be a parent. It may be a, a, a voice from an, an old movie or a story. But there's a, your inner critic has a voice. Who does it sound like? And then, and then the second question is, what does it say? What does the inner critic say to you? What is it telling you? Now perhaps you can hear it. You can hear some of the limiting things it says to you because it's always limiting. The next question you would ask yourself is, when does it arise in you? What are you doing or thinking about doing when it arises in you and speaks to you? What situation are you in? when you hear it most. And the last question is, what is the feeling in your body when you hear that voice? What is the feeling that sets up in your body when you hear that voice? So... Coming back to the room, you're going to open your eyes now. Did, it, did anybody hear that voice? Did you hear it? Yeah, you can hear it, right? You're familiar with it. it it's a voice you've had probably for years and years. Sometimes it's a monster from a movie. Sometimes it's a relative. But you can hear it. It's the voice of the world. The inner critic is the voice of the world. It's the voice of fear and limitation and lack and not enoughness. And it is the condemnation of your story. It's the thing that says you can't do what you want to do. You're not enough of fill in the blank, whatever. Now, the other voice you may not be as familiar with, but it's in there, is your inner cheerleader. Anybody have an inner? You all have them. Inner cheerleaders? Absolutely. The inner cheerleader says different things. The, what does the inner cheerleader say to you? You got this. What else? Good job. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Keep, keep at it. Keep at it. Yeah. And yet she persisted, right? Yes. The inner cheerleader says different things to us. This is your higher self. The inner cheerleader is the higher self. You've got this, right? You've got this. It is your own higher power. What does it say to you? Right? You're, you're already whole, perfect, and complete. Your inner cheerleader says, let there be light. Let there be light. Well, you know that, that old saying that, that, that ships, are, ships in the harbor are safe, but that's not what ships are built for, right? You are built for the adventure, and you've got this, and you are your own inner light. You cannot fail. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, self-reliance is the word to dwell in. Listen to your own voice. It will speak in terms that are unmistakable. Trust in your own self more than in anything else. All great people have learned to do this. Every person within his or her own soul is in direct communication with infinite understanding. When we depend on other people, we are simply taking their light 
and trying to light our own path with it. Yeah. When we depend on ourselves, we are depending on the inner voice that is God speaking in and through us. The human is an inlet and an outlet to all that there is of God. You are your own answer. That inner cheerleader is the voice, is your higher self, is the voice of spirit speaking to you. It is time that we unlearn the things that we learned from wounded people. The inner voice is your higher power. It is the truth of you. It is the, it, your intuition is the, your connection with the, with the infinite, and, and it's trustable. It's trustable. That's not even a word. Um, it can be trusted, right? Your cheerleader is your higher power. And if we combine this, Ernest Holmes said, if we are to combine this, uh, the idea of, the, of this engine, right, the, the universe of law and order with the engineer, which is spirit, and absolute intelligence, which is, cre which is conscious of itself, setting in motion creative forces that produce the logical result of a self-contemplation. We ourselves, by very reason of the fact that we exist, are some part of this system. There is something with, which receives the impress of our thoughts and acts upon it. We are that. There's no place to go. There's nothing to get. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to fix. There is the revelation of truth that you are whole all along, that we are listening to and we are being beings of spirit outpicturing this divine life as us. There is law, there is order in the universe, and it flows through us and as us into the world, transforming the conditions of our lives. Do this work, do this work. And what happens is instead of getting patched up and running out and coming back heartbroken, right? You stay as a light unto yourself. You're here as a light, and then you shine, and others are attracted into your light. And others are transformed by your presence in their lives, by your mere presence. You become a light for others. That's what we're here to do together. Thank you so much for doing the work. While we're making sure that the uh, the bass is sounding great in the in the house, I just want to say that.